It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. on a night like tonight when I could throw my run sheet and my my pile of articles just out the window and rely on good old-fashioned conversation with a friend. Jake Duesenberg in studio with us here tonight. This is Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. You can catch us streaming at TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com and your iHeartRadio app. We are here 9 to 11 weeknights. Appreciate you tuning in. Brad Omlin producing the program Taking your calls, if you feel so inclined, 651-989-5855. Jake, I've already asked you offline, but just to make it official, how are you doing? I'm doing just well. I, I'm so shocked it's been this long. We did, uh, what did we co-host the, was it the morning show once, maybe a year or two ago? And I think that's the last time we've been in studio together. I don't know. I could have sworn, you haven't been on this show? Since we started up? Well, I just Collins. Yeah, I, oh, I think yeah, I, yeah, I, think I was going to yeah. come in one night, right. but I mean, Walter, this is 9 o'clock. And I know, I know. It's in the cities. Believe me, I, we were just talking about how I would be sleeping if I wasn't doing the show. And yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's so, the nice thing about our podcast world is we just do it when we feel like exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Jack and I did one actually in the truck uh, on the ride home from Turkey a couple uh, weeks ago. You just, you just hit record. That being Jack Rogers, which is a good transition into who you are and what you do. You are the president. Is that the How is title? Jack Rogers who I am and what I do? That doesn't <laughs> make sense there. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was going to say Action for Liberty. There you go. This is the name of the organization <laughs> that you and Jack uh, are involved with. Is there a hierarchical structure there? Or are you guys just co-runners? <laughs> we do have a board. Jack uh, served as the chairman of the board. He actually just stepped down. He's kind of pulling back on some of his duties. And... Um, He's served as a chairman of the board since we started that organization. Actually, it used to be Minnesota Tea Party Alliance. A lot of people knew us yeah. then. We merged right. with Action for Liberty, took that name. And uh, I run as the president, or I am the president of that organization, basically running the day-to-day operations. So, mm-hmm. you know, our organization is known for having, like, the North Metro event, doing other events. We've done South Metro um, down in Bogarts and Apple Valley and Egan. You've spoke to a lot of our crowds there. Yeah. Uh, we've gone to St. Cloud. We go out all around the state of Minnesota. We're going to be going a lot more this summer. And then we do the Common Sense Magazine. We do the Living Free Podcast. And uh, and then we, you know, we're your advocates at the Capitol. Um, Speaking of the Living Free <laughs> Podcast, and this is totally just self-indulgent for me only, not for anybody else who's listening. Sure. I recently tried to re-up my podcast feed of Living Free so that I could catch up on your latest, because you had Howard Root on, right? Yep. And I, we, we got to figure out, where do people go in order to get your podcast feed? Well, go to iTunes or Stitcher, whatever you have. Here's, here's probably your issue, because you're one of the originals. And uh, it was about two years ago I decided to change our feed. Mm-hmm. I, I used to use this thing called Podbean. It's a third-party website. Yeah. Then I transitioned to our own website, livingfreepodcast.com. Okay. 
now all the cool hip young people they just listen to on their phones right right so they're using the itunes app or the uh, the stitcher some of the old folks might just go to our website so Mm livingfreepodcast.com um but that is actually our you or or our rss feed is livingfreepodcast.com so you'll have to go back into your device and make sure you're following the new feed the old one Apparently, even though I paid for all those minutes, uh, those are all gone. So yeah. the old Walter Hudson episodes are they're lost in digital world. I do believe that uh, we now have the we now have a show page at TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com, and uh, we have the ability to you know post stuff there. I'm still working out the kinks of my own access, but <laughs> if I have anything to say about it, we'll make sure we get a link to your podcast up on the show Beautiful. page so that Thank people you. can can check it out. So speaking of Howard Root, um, tell us a little about about who he is and why he's relevant to this particular week and your appearance here tonight. Yeah, well, um, both, here's what's so great about this week is not only have we not been in studio together for a while, we haven't right. even shared a stage in like a year or two. Yeah. I haven't been on a stage of any kind in quite some time, actually. We, we need to get you back in front of a stage yeah. or in front of people on a stage because yeah. you're really good. You're a good speaker. You're maybe slightly under Benner's quality, but uh, <laughs> I will agree with that. I'll be the first one to concede that point. Absolutely. Our, our, our constitutional expert, Dave Benner, is a good friend of mine and also happened to compete with me on a, a best man speech at our friend's wedding this last week, and we had a lot of fun with it. Walter, you'd be very good at that, too, by the way, You, if if we end up in a wedding together. I, I like to think I'm well past that season. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what I but uh, even in the mid-30s, uh, I'm still having friends that are single and getting married. Sure. Um, so we're going to be on a stage together on Thursday at the Mermaid in Moundsview uh, for our quarterly event. The main feature of that of uh, the night is Howard Root. Now, Howard just came out with this new book called Cardiac Arrest. Um, it's detailing a story of when he was the CEO of Vascular Solutions, a medical device company in the Twin Cities. Imagine that, a medical device company in the Twin Cities. Right. And uh, the federal government had this uh, law that it was trying to prosecute him for, um, first started with a whistleblower, and I know he's going to come on tomorrow, so I don't want to. I don't want to break the whole story to you. But there was a whistleblower that was trying to uh, pursue a payout. It, uh, first, it was a civil case, but then there's also a law that would have ended up putting him as CEO responsible and in prison. And so the federal government was on a witch hunt to get him as a CEO and right. take him down. Yeah. And I think this battle took three to three, four, five years long. Um, it, basically, his life and, and good nature is on at stake and fought back against the federal government and won. And so we think this is a tremendous story. It's a wonderful book, very well written. And uh, we think people need to hear about this. And so he's going to be joining you on Thursday at the Mermaid Event Center? Correct. And what I, the city is? That's in Moundsview. Moundsview. It's off of County Highway 10, and it's confusing. If you go up 35, there's County Highway 10, and then there's US 10. you got to take the County Highway, the first yeah. one. But uh, free for members of Action for Liberty. If you're not a member, it's $35 a year. You get our uh, magazine, Common Sense, and you get into all of our events for free. It's a great deal. You might as well do it. $35 sure. a year, just sure. like Denry. Uh, so go to actionforliberty.com. That's action number four, liberty.com. If you're not a member, we ask you to donate $5 to Action for Liberty. Mm-hmm. But if you mentioned you heard me on the Walter Hudson show, I'll probably let you get in for free. <laughs> I want people to come. Now you hear this message. <laughs> I don't care. I want people to come. So $5 is too much for you. Sure. Don't worry about it. Just come. Um, but anyhow, listen to Howard Root. Uh, listen to Walter. It's going to be a great show. And, uh, yeah, we, we always have fun at our events. So, so again, so that I can do my own personal planning and having nothing whatsoever to do with the audience, what time are we talking about? 
Um, so our doors are open at 6. If you want to come in and get some food, Walter will be on stage 6.45, 7-ish. Uh, Jack and I will kick things off around 6.30. That's not that important. You don't need to listen to that. Huh. Howard, the main feature, right. is going to be on stage around the 7.15, 7.30 time frame. Yeah. Just give me general things. You know how our events go. Yep. Um, so, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> they're fun. Trust me. They're yeah. fun. Uh, so he'll probably be on around 7.15, 7.30 and go for about an hour. And sure. uh, good food, drinks, uh, all that kind of stuff, good good service. And, you know, if you're not into politics too much, it's a good event to go to. We don't lay it on too thick. But at the same point, it's informative. I'll do a quick recap of the legislative session for people that want to understand what it's like from a conservative viewpoint because you don't hear that too often in the mainstream media here in Minnesota. We'll uh, lay that out for everybody. Yeah, well, and we'll get a preview of Howard Root's story and his presentation uh, tomorrow night. We had just checked my email before we came on the air tonight, got it confirmed. He's going to be joining us tomorrow uh, to share his story in part and, and you know, give you an opportunity to, to you know call in and ask him questions and get a little preview of what you can expect on Thursday night. So, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. It's been, it's been a while since, like you say, since I've been on a stage, uh, since we've done anything together. And uh, I've never even met Howard Root, so this is going to be an interesting week for me. I have heard the name before, of course, seen the YouTube videos. I got an article here from the Star Tribune kind of detailing how things resolved with vascular solutions. Um, he basically resigned after all of the, the rigmarole that the government put him through and ended up having to sell the company, which is a pretty sad end of the story. Well, it's a great end. I mean, uh, the company sold and, uh, you know, it was a good payday for him. So well, actually, sure. it's a, I think it's a happy ending, but... Uh, you well, know, and, it, it and, and it's not actually an ending because yeah. <laughs> he's he's moving forward with life and he's got this book and he's actually advocating for something now. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that, that politics may not be people's bag in terms of, you know, drawing them to an event like this. But I don't really think I've never really thought about the events that you guys put on as political events. And it's that's really not what it's about. It's more it's more about, you know, just kind of getting coming together and celebrating these values right. upon which upon which our politics spawn from. You know, if it was strictly political, you you'd think in terms of like party conventions or campaign rallies or whatever the case may be. And that's not what you guys do. You're not up there. You've you've had candidates on You've had uh, incumbents come in and speak, but it's never been, hey, give us your, your campaign speech, and then you get to leave. Exactly. It's, it's, it's always been an inquisition, more or less, <laughs> usually led by yourself yeah. uh, and, and by questions from the audience, and they, are, they have to sit there and take the question. I mean, that, isn't that one that has kind of been the, the precondition or prerequisite? Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we did that to John Klein. In fact, you were at that event uh, yeah. a few years ago. Yes, John Klein's people said, hey, I want to come to, his, to your event. I said, well, then he has to be able to or willing to answer questions from the audience, yeah. which they were really concerned about. And they should have been because he got murdered that night by our people. Um, I used to hear people say, oh, your meetings. I go, no, 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 not meetings. We're having events. These are yeah. fun. You know, yeah. it's not. I, 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 th I hope people understand what you're trying to say. We, we make it enjoyable and an experience, but at the same time, you know, it is informative. So I don't yeah. want you to think that it's scrubbed of all 
politics because that's essentially the values that we hold. Right, 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 right. But I mean, there is this thing about politics. Like you go to um, your local Republican Party, a BPOU is what they call them here, and um, eh, it's a little bit different. You know, it, it gets into like some of the party stuff that people turn people off, especially anything that you go to that's got. Robert's Rules of Order. Right, right. The right. average person's not going to want to listen to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And actually, Walter, that's why we get along so well, because at our events, it's not political, because you and I have probably half and half on what we agree on the politics and the candidates. Yeah. But yeah. when it comes to the values, you and I are like yeah. lock and step, and a lot of the people that come there and that we bring to the stage are. Not always, but most of the time we yeah. are. Well, I think what one of the key differences between what you guys do and a political convention is when you go specifically, you know, party related events, when you go to a party convention, you're going to hear rah, rah, right. you know, cheerlead. We, we're going to take the governor's office. We're going to take the house. We're going <laughs> to take the Senate. We're going to win everything. And then everything's going to be awesome. Yay. You know, and that's, that can be fun. Mm-hmm. but it's not particularly intellectually stimulating <laughs> and, and it doesn't really get at the heart of any of these issues and, and challenge people's thinking or introduce them to concepts that perhaps they want more information about or haven't mm-hmm. heard of before. You know, and that's where you guys come in because, because it's taking place outside the context of right. a political contest. It gives you more freedom to actually be able to explore these ideas. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, we bring people like, uh, as I mentioned before, Dave Benner to the, the stage uh we just had him at st cloud what was that last month i think it was last month and he had the uh he brought up the concept of nullification principles of 1798 and i swear a lot of people in that audience had never heard of that concept before sure. so it was a real stimulating conversation afterwards that took place um the other thing i think that's really unique about what we do is we give you the truth mm-hmm. i think you don't get that a lot when it comes to budgeting mm-hmm. in minnesota like you hear this thing like the Republicans are cutting uh, spending or making cuts to departments, and we're like, no, they're not. They're they're cutting the growth of government. Right. Or people say, well, let's give back the surplus. You know, let's uh, you know, this is a real fiscally conservative position, and we dig into the numbers and we show people, well, if they just give back the surplus, they're still growing government by seven and a half percent. You know, right, we, right, we right. dig into these things and we show them. Um, one of our big ones lately was the fact that. Republicans um, in Minnesota took back the Senate here, or, right. or took the Senate. They won six seats in November. Uh, they have a one-person majority. The Republicans in the House actually won, I think it was four seats, and have the largest majority. They have 20 more seats than Democrats in the House. And they've actually set up a condition where they're going to grow government more than they did when they only controlled the House with less people. I want you to expound upon that. We're going to get into the latest of what's going on in budget negotiations down in St. Paul when we come back. Jake Duesenberg, president of Action for Liberty, in studio with us today. This is Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, com. We're going to need to start a... Uh, during the break podcast <laughs> so that folks can get clued in on all the stuff that happens when we're on commercial break. This is Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. Sitting in studio with Jake Duesenberg, president of Action for Liberty, an organization that uh, engages in advocacy for libertarian ideas. Although, you know, your other half there, Jack Rogers, would probably say it's conservative. Yeah, My yeah, gosh. Old, stubborn, conservative He's, you know, 
Yeah. Jack. You know, it's funny because that's our shtick is we say he's the old stubborn conservative. I'm the young, intelligent libertarian. He calls me, <laughs> he actually calls me the punk. Right. Just um, like this show. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I know, right? But it's funny how, like, we end up coming together on most issues. Yeah. The, like, 1% we don't makes for good podcasts. Sure. But I've still, heard those podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because I, I really don't believe there's a huge divide. Here's the problem with libertarians, and I am one, I think. You know, I have the credentials, but every libertarian wants to say that there's another part of their libertarian ideology. They're anarcho-capitalist. They're minarchist. Yeah, right, they're, yeah. You can't just be a libertarian. Yeah. Um, but libertarians are very argumentative and kind of want to keep dividing. And it's actually what makes them so hard as a political party because they aren't naturally team players. Right. It's also the problem I have with the Republican Party. They're so good at being team players that they keep getting duped by these people that are lying to them. And I, I really do say that. And I think that was about our off-air conversation is that these people really are lying to them. And I, I was looking at the House numbers, the Minnesota House numbers, which uh, Kurt Doutz is Speaker of the House. And they, they put out their numbers early April, their budget targets. And they want to grow government by 8%. And... Give back $1.3 billion to the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. And mind you, at the beginning of the session, they said there was a $1.65 billion surplus. I mean, common sense just says give back the $1.65 billion to taxpayers. They got overcharged. The House couldn't even give that all back. They had $1.3 billion. We're just going to grow and government by 8%. And that's their opening negotiating position. Yes, and I think people have to understand that. That's a great point because a lot of things that I say tonight and things that I say when I go on the road is subjective. Like... Kurt Doubt and the Republicans are bad negotiators. Well, that's subjective. Of, of course it's subjective. How can I prove if they're good or bad negotiators? A lot of people would agree with me on that, but that's subjective. What's not subjective is the fact that they laid out a plan in early April that said we want government to grow by 8%. I shouldn't say they said that. They definitely didn't say that, but that's what the plan was. The numbers <laughs> right, showed right, that right. they wanted government to grow by 8%. The Senate Republicans, or even worse, even uh, grow by 9%. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan that's laid out. That's objective. Okay, that's their. That's essentially what the vision is of Kurt Doughton House Republicans. Right now, why I say they lie is because that's. I think it was a week later. I get my um my fundraising letter from the House Republican Caucus, and I kid you not, I, I printed it out here, and I think I sent it to you too, um, Walter. Here's here's a line from the fundraiser. Right now is the time to cut spending and reduce the size and scope of government. Yeah, big, bold letters, Speaker Kurt Doubt. <laughs> yeah, same time that they actually put out their numbers to grow government. Right. And this is kind of our contention is they keep telling us that they don't, that, that government's too big. You know, you've gone to a gazillion BPO using conventions. Yep. I know you uh, You go to these things, Walter. I'm just thinking you've had party positions before. Mm-hmm. And you know the talk that government's too big and we need to shrink the size of government. They keep saying this stuff. And then... When it really comes to what they show us as their vision, which is the first proposal, they don't do that. Right. And so our contention was at least show that you want to shrink government, put out a proposal, and in the case here, it would have been like a budget that was under $42 billion. Right. Because guess what? The governor, the most liberal governor in the history of Minnesota, started in January, per the Constitution, fourth Tuesday of the month. He has to uh, have his budget targets. He put out a budget of $46 billion, and that's pretty much all the resources that he had available. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to start at $46 billion, then we should be starting with a cut to current spending, which is about $42 billion. 
But instead, what the Republicans did in the House is they started with uh, $44.5 billion. I think I got that number. It's close to $45 billion. They weren't much more than a billion dollars away from what the governor was at. And you look at that, you say, well, we know negotiations work this way. You're, you're going to both compromise, and you're going to end up somewhere in the middle. Right. And, of course, as we found out last night, the negotiation is uh, 9.5% increase to government, only $660 million going back to the taxpayers, and we'll be uh, taking out a billion dollars in debt. And that is the record now that Republicans have under their majority in the legislature. Now, when you say that's the record, you're saying that this is the highest we've ever seen in terms of state budget, right? It's so bad, Walter, that um, it was only, I think it was 2014. No, no, not that long. It was um, it was when Dayton took office. So what's that, six years ago? Six years ago, Dayton yeah, takes office. Like that. The budget was, uh, the budget has grown 50% under his tenure. 50 percent. Yep. We were in the thirty billion um, six years ago. I think it was like thirty some billion dollars six years. So, ago. So, so here, here and th- this brings up a, a good point, and it's it's one that's been raised in terms of the federal budget on, on a number of occasions as well. And you know, I'll throw it out there, and then we'll have to go to break, and, and we can come back and kind of mull it over a little bit. But if we were, because you tell me that you tell me the budget has grown grown fifty percent in six years. Mm-hmm. And my first thought is, as a Republican caucus, why don't you put out a budget that takes... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just back to 2010. Right. Right? And say, hey, hey, guys. And when the Democrats respond by being like, oh, you're going to, people are going to be pulling their hair out in the streets and, you know, how, housing is going to be on fire and there's, there's going to be potholes everywhere and what have you. You ask the question, do, do we remember 2010? Right. Was all that stuff happening in 2010? Were, the, were people starving in the streets? Was it anarchy? You know, were people running around with their hair on fire because government wasn't functioning in 2010, <laughs> seven years ago, six years ago? Right. No. So clearly we're capable of sustaining ourselves with that level of spending. So why do we have to continue to increase it when it's increased 50% in six years? That it, is utterly insane. You know, we we knew that Republicans didn't have the courage to actually shrink government because that's what we wanted from the get-go we, we were real active right off the the bat you know in january actually december we met with paul gazelk the new senate majority leader said we think as an organization you need to cut government he said we can't cut government so we came up with a proposal let's freeze government right now, i'm fine with freezing government really because in all it, it would be a cut down the road because we actually stopped the growth of government and uh, the rest of the economy would essentially grow, assuming that we do have a growing economy. And so government would shrink in, as a big part of that pie. So just free spending. And then we look at the numbers and we go, holy cow, they can get $5 billion. That's that's what would be the budget surplus. And, of course, uh-huh. you don't want a budget surplus. That's a failure of government. So you would take that $5 billion and write the largest tax cut in the history of Minnesota. Right. You would make Scott Walker look like a peon with the $5 billion tax cut. <laughs> 
All they had to do was freeze spending, and they couldn't do that. The, the Republicans were so bad, they couldn't even give back the surplus. Well, and forget doing it. Just try suggesting Exactly. Start there. You know there. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> just have that be your opening move and then see where things go from there. This is Closing Argument. Jake Duesenberg in studio. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, com. You know, we often spend a lot of time railing against our incumbents in elected office, particularly you know, if you happen to be conservative, our elected Republicans who, as Jake Duesenberg, our guest in studio tonight, the president of Action for Liberty, has been pointing out, often do things that are 180 degrees the opposite of what they say. Like, just not, that's not even a subjective opinion. Like, objectively, mm-hmm. they do the opposite of what they said they were going to do. You provided the example of the fundraising letter. Uh, citing in big bold letters a quote from House Speaker Kurt Doubt saying, you know, we're we're all about cutting government and reducing- top priority. Yeah, top priority, <laughs> cutting government and cutting cutting spending and reducing the size and scope of government as they were proposing a budget that increased government by eight percent. But you gotta understand, Walter, we first have to win the governorship and then we have to have a <laughs> right. filibuster proof Senate and the Supreme Court's right. gotta be in the right hands and the moon and the stars need to be aligned in a certain way. <laughs> no, no. What I want to talk about in this segment is actually, and by the way, this is Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. We're here 9 to 11 weeknights. Appreciate you tuning in. I want to talk about the the truth behind those talking points. because there, And you and I might actually have a little bit of disagreement on this point as okay. we explore it. Uh, because there are institutional realities that people have to operate within, whether they're campaigning for office or holding public office, you know, you can't do things that you don't have the actual ability to do. That said, you know, when, when they, when they pull out that campaign talking point of, Oh, we need the governor's office. We need 60 votes in the Senate. If we're talking about, you know, the federal level or whatever the case may be, there's truth to that, that there are certain things you can't do without holding these offices But the one thing you can do, even if you're a minority of one, Mm -hmm. right, the one thing you can do is forward an idea. Exactly. You can propose that radical idea of going back to 2010 budget levels and and then use it as a as a uh, point from which to entertain a discussion about what the role of government ought to be and what things could look like and to cast a vision and to get things interesting. But they don't seem interested in doing that. No, they don't. And they just play this game that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think the if I, I could summarize Paul Gazelka, the Senate Majority Leader, it seemed like he wanted to be Minnesota nice. That's how he wanted to portray himself in the Senate Majority to the the Minnesota public. That we're willing to work with Dayton from the get go. In fact, I've heard him at events say we absolutely won't accept a shutdown. We will not have a shutdown. Right. Basically, we'll just give Dayton all the. <laughs> it's, it's negotiating power in the world. It's the equivalent of saying, hey, you know this game of chicken we're about to play? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to swerve. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I think like go on the campaign trail and they say these things, especially in the early part in endorsements and primaries. They say this stuff. Um, I don't know if it's a problem if they don't believe it or they're just being dishonest. I mean, you know, it's like the Clintons, the – Clinton's never really had true beliefs, in my opinion. I wouldn't call them socialists, and I wouldn't call them capitalists. They're they're checking the wind, right. and let's see where the wind is. I mean, right. it was, what, 2012 or something like that? Hillary Clinton was against gay marriage? I mean, yeah. 
I think a lot of politics politicians are like that. They really test the win. They see what works and what the people think, and then they go that way. I think guys like you and I are saying, wait a second. We have this vision of less government, more power to the people and the individuals and the family, more power to the entrepreneur and the businessman. That makes a better society. Right. And uh, government's getting in the way of that. So let's make sure that we're not funding government to extraordinary levels, growing government by 50% in a matter of six years. You know what I think? Is my my optimistic presumption or guess as to why there's a lack of political will or a lack of just cojones, however you want to phrase it, to engage in these fights is I think they honestly don't know how to do it in a lot of cases. Like, Could be. they—, they they very well may believe that this is the direction government should go. We should cut spending. We should shrink the scope uh, and and depth of government role and what have you. But they don't want to actually propose that in terms of a budget proposal or you know legislative uh, bills being introduced or whatever the case may be. Because the moment that they do, it's going to attract all of the vicious criticism from the left and the media that they are then going to be placed in a position to answer, and they don't know how to answer it. That's definitely one of it. I think the problem we're having right now is we're using the term they as if they're one big block of people that you could psychoanalyze together, and it's not true. There is definitely, and we have notes on the whole legislature, every individual one, there is a block of them that are really sellouts. I mean, they literally are taking marching orders from the Chamber of Commerce or whatever the special interest is. And that really explains their behavior. There is a large amount of these people that are the followers, and I think they fit in that category, that they really are so fearful of any kind of backlash, if it's the social justice warriors on the left or if it's the special interests on the right or angering the leadership mm-hmm. is another problem with these people. And then there's the the weaklings, the ones that really truly do believe in a vision like you and I of limited government, and they were not raised. Um, I'm trying to think how to do this on air. I don't have the luxuries of our podcast. They lack certain parts of the body that uh, you and I probably have, mm-hmm. and they they just they're in in if they're men, they're not real men. Mm-hmm. Because I really do believe we need some heroes up at the legislature, people that truly believe and communicate and do what they say they do or are going to do. And I just see that as a lacking um, characteristic of all these people up there. So I think those are maybe the three main categories. There's many d- different subcategories, but you can't just say they, because honestly, there's so many different personalities. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. And I appreciate you making that distinction. It's, it's something we should uh, take into consideration moving forward. The one thing we the one word we haven't evoked in our entire time together here tonight so far that I want to bring up because of what you just said is Trump. President Donald Trump, because when you talk about being a man, when you talk about going out there and fighting, that that is the brand of Donald Trump. And it's a large part of the reason why he attracted the support that he did and was able to secure the presidency, first the nomination of the party and then the presidency is because of this perception that he's a fighter, this perception that he's somebody who's going to go out there uh, and, and and get the job done that as much as I'm and I'm not you know, we're not going to get into our analyzing Donald Trump right now. But I bring that up because what you're talking about in terms of what needs to manifest in at the state level and within these legislative pursuits, it, it's that same 
style of fight just applied and channeled to actually trying to move a legislative agenda forward. Mm -hmm. And you would think that in the era of Donald Trump that people would take their cues and be like, hey, this can actually work and have and discover the courage to actually try to implement it. Yeah, I think it's fair to say 95 percent of Republicans don't understand what happened last November. They don't understand the Trump success. And so you won't see that with a lot of these legislators. But I would even criticize Donald Trump. He did sound that way on the campaign trail, and it'll sound like that sometimes in front of the media. But what has he accomplished so far in terms of legislative victory? I mean, the thing that's been a big disappointment, and I've been very harsh on Trump, probably more in the legislature, but uh, but I mean on the Congress, but certainly on Trump, is the fact that the central campaign promise of the Republicans last election season and many before that— is that they're going to repeal Obamacare, and they never actually even introduced a repeal of Obamacare. They created some terrible amendment to Obamacare, and then to make matters worse, they actually called it something different so that it's actually a Republican idea. Right, 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 right. And it's like the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, I mean, Donald Trump's uh, first uh, signed the continuing resolution. So, by the way, Republicans in full control right now with the presidency. Right. And we still aren't operating under a budget. We haven't yep. had one of those pass in eight years. And no funding for the wall and Planned Parenthood's fully funded. So, I don't know if he's really actually showing those real credentials that he showed on the campaign trail. And that's really what matters is when he's in office. No, I, and I absolutely agree with you. And that's been a, a source of a lot of my critique here on the program. Um, that said, at the very least, he's in the rhetorical sphere. Sure. He's willing to go on Twitter. He's willing to go in front of the cameras and act as like, you know, he's willing to fight these people. You just gave so much credibility to all the trolls out there. <laughs> he's willing to go on Twitter. Oh, you brave soul. <laughs> well, and, and look, I guess he's not anonymous, though. <laughs> that's 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 not a standard that I necessarily I mean, I think that what that indicates is just how low the bar has fallen. Yeah, that, that we look at just a willingness to say anything confrontational whatsoever and take any kind of stand as heroic, because compared to what we've seen for however many years, it appears that way. Right. And, and that's my point is. It's it's an indication that that style of engagement can work. So, you know, legislators, if you're listening at all, maybe try to incorporate it a little bit into your pursuit of I agree. policy. I agree. But Jake, maybe some of them really fall in that category where they're, you know, at least leadership, I do believe, is in that category. They're just bought and paid for, and that's a big problem. So we got to get rid of these people. Great word to leave it on. This is Jake Duesenberg in studio, our guest, President of Action for Liberty. My name is Walter Hudson. You can catch him and myself and Howard Root at an event at the Mermaid Event Center in Moundsview on Thursday, 7 p.m. You can go find out more about it at actionforliberty.com. That's action, the number four, liberty.com. Otherwise, you can look us up on Facebook. Sounds great. This is Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, com. I didn't know how long we were going to have Jake Duesenberg with us tonight, so I planned for a full hour full of stories that I thought would be interesting for you. And uh, we're going to try to cram them all in. To a single segment, so we're going to be moving fast here. This is Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, 651-989-5855. The number to join us if you want to react 
to our interview with Jake Duesenberg. And again, just to remind you, on Thursday at the Mermaid Event Center in Moundsview at 7 p.m., actually 6.30, I think I said 7 earlier, 6.30, um, they're going to be having that event featuring uh, Howard Root as the headliner, uh, former CEO uh, of a medical device company that came under fire from the federal government uh, as a result of basically trying trying to provide value to its customers but doing so in a way that was not uh, government approved. And the, the the pettiness with which that campaign against Root was conducted will really blow your mind. And uh, you'll hear a little bit of that tomorrow night. We're going to have Howard Root on the program with us in the 9 o'clock hour tomorrow, Wednesday. And then uh, if you want to see him in person and hear it in more detail, you can come out to the Mermaid Event Center on Thursday, and I will be there to uh, speak for a little bit as well. So you can come uh, put a face to the name. So let's get into the big news of the past 24 hours. Of course, this broke uh, just hours before we took to the air last night, and that is, of course, the bombing in Manchester. The latest from USA Today, President Trump called the Manchester concert bombing the work of evil losers Thursday as he continued his attempts to rally the Muslim world against what he calls Islamist extremism. I won't call them monsters because they would like that term. They would think it's a great name. I will call them from now on losers because that's what they are. They're losers. And we'll have a lot more of them, but they're losers. Just remember that, he said. Trump's comments came before a meeting with Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas in Bethlehem as part of a two-day visit to Israel intended to jumpstart the Israeli-Palestinian peace process and unite the Middle East in the fight against terrorism. Now, I don't know if there is a more ironic setting that you could be in to be addressing a recently conducted terror attack by a radical Islamic extremist than standing next to Mahmoud Abbas in Palestine. Yeah, it's an interesting ju- juxtaposition. Well, and the interesting thing is, you know, it it seems to me my read on what Trump is trying to do here, because you go back and you look at some of the rhetoric that he has used in the past, and this is something that, you know, people have been looking at with a critical eye, but I, I'm, I'm trying to be more analytical about it and trying to actually get to what it is that his go- what goal he's trying to pursue here. In the past, his rhetoric on Islam generally and, and uh, terrorism in particular and what have you has been much more aggressive and mu- even more so than we've seen during this trip. Uh, and, and he hasn't been particularly forgiving of like Saudi Arabia in particular, where he just spent some time and was very dare we say, accommodating um, towards the government of Saudi Arabia. He's been much less so in in past rhetoric. I think he's operating under the same conceit, and it's not unique to him at all. This is not a situation where, you know, I'm just bashing on Trump because it's Trump. I think this is something that, that every single U.S. president going back for years and years and years has fallen in this conceit, that he's the guy who can finally make it happen. He's the guy who can finally bring peace to the Middle East. You know, and, and it's 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 kind of like this this grand legacy, this grand accomplishment that they all aspire to to be the one who makes it happen. As if the the key ingredient that's been missing for the millennia of conflict between Israelis or between you know between the the Jews and the Muslims or whatever the case may be uh, has been this guy in this time in this place to tell them something to say something that's going to make their them go them click and go oh yeah, you're right i guess we all can get along 
Well, there has been some natural progress in the fact that Palestine finally recognized Israel as a legitimate state. Sure. But in his deal with Saudi Arabia, Israel was one of the first countries to express concern. Right. As well as Turkey and just the whole, you know, Kurds versus ISIS versus Sunnis versus Shiites, uh, the many interested religious nations. uh, It's just, it's adding a catalyst to a boiling pot and Mm -hmm. that may not turn out so well uh here in a few years yeah and we got a story on that we probably won't have time to get to it in this segment but uh senator Rand paul let's just shoot to it right now since it's relevant with that setup from the hill paul plans to force a vote on saudi defense deal 110 billion dollar saudi defense deal senator Rand paul uh wants to force a vote on that bill the, the one that President Trump signed with Saudi Arabia, according to an aide to the Kentucky Republican. Paul is expected to introduce a measure to disapprove of the sale later on Wednesday, the aide said, over concerns that the deal may pull the U.S. into Yemen's civil war. The move will allow Paul to force a vote in early June under the Arms Export Control Act. He can bring the measure up on the Senate floor after 10 calendar days, but the Senate is leaving town for Friday for a week-long memorial break. And now it goes on to describe the the institutional context in which this is occurring but the point is is that senator paul is fighting back against exactly what you're talking about you know the notion that we're we're going to engage in uh, deals with the saudis that potentially inflame the situation further in a manner that really isn't conducive to our stated goal of combating radical islamic terrorism and i think you know the the danger of that conceit that i talk about the conceit that presidents going back for years and years have fallen into of of believing that if they just tread so carefully if they just pick the right footfalls uh the the right places to 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 step and what have you that they can somehow be the one to blaze the trail to peace in the middle east the danger of that is that you end up neglecting to really call it as you ought to see it right like you you can't look at somebody like Mahmoud Abbas and say hey you're actually a pretty bad guy who ought to be condemned for the things that you've engaged in and the things that you subscribe to and uh Benjamin Netanyahu in remarks following Donald Trump's effectively said that he said I'm glad that that uh that Abbas is condemning what happened in Manchester but let's be serious. If this had happened in Israel and it had been conducted by Palestinians, the family responsible for it would be getting rewarded by the government because that's the law in Palestine. This is Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson. We'll be back next hour. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, Twin Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.